Welcome to the newest edition of the Screenfellows Podcast. My name is Carlos. And my name is Ozzy. And in this episode, we're going to be reviewing Enola Holmes and the Trial of the Chicago 7, as well as talking about the latest episode of The Mandalorian. Enjoy the show. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Ozzy, how you doing? I am uh, exhausted. I thought I the last time, but I am exhausted this time. So I'm sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> Carlos, how are you doing? <laughs> um, I'm doing pretty good. I feel like, um, you know, not to get too uh, deep into this already because we're going to be doing a full review in just a second, but I feel really good that I'm just watched a, in my opinion, great movie, and I get to talk about it. So that's exciting because it seems like it's been a while. I have watched some great movies since, you know, we've been on a hiatus, but I didn't really have the proper outlet that this provides me to be able to rave about it. True, true, yeah. This does provide you that outlet, yeah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so that's what I'm uh, happy and excited about. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's exciting for sure. Uh, and Ozzy, you got to be on a film set, so that's why you're exhausted. But it's also that's exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's um, you know I, I think it's going to be released in um, I think uh, maybe January this uh, maybe the holiday season. But it's you know it's a short film that my friend wanted to shoot. Um, definitely, it's like my first experience kind of being on a film set. But it was it was really kind of great because I haven't acted, and you know when it's going to be you know it's going to be seven years. Uh, coming up in um, 2021 so kind of being able to act again um, was definitely I don't know I just felt like I was like I felt like I was home you know it was definitely great kind of you know getting to know your castmates and and the crew Um, you know definitely kind of interesting you know um, my buddy Kaz you know his approach was really kind of working with the cinematographer you know they also did a fantastic job, you know, um, and then he was also kind of asking us for opinions, things like that. So I, you know, I really liked that approach, you know, um, in terms of directing, uh, but he did a phenomenal job directing, directing it. Um, but yeah, awesome. definitely a good, it was definitely a good experience. Definitely a good experience. But yeah, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, Ugh, today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. definitely tired, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a good, it was a good shoot. But I, I think, so, you know, you just watched the movie today and you just watched Mandalorian or, yeah, what yeah, I, that's what I spent uh, most of today doing. Uh, watched a little bit of college football. Watched, um, you know, a great episode of TV. Watched a great movie. You know, I, I'm excited. Uh, it was a good day. It was a good day. Uh, but before we yeah. get into the review, I do have a couple of things to uh, get to before we get into actual the content of this podcast. First of all, uh-huh. um, this again, this is a Monday episode. This is coming out on Monday. Uh, so yes, that is the main episode that is, uh, coming out. They come out on Mondays. Obviously we had an additional episode on Friday this week. So, uh, go catch that. If you missed it, we talked a little bit about TV. Um, but again, main episodes are on Monday. Also, I mentioned it at the end of the last episode, but right and review the podcast, uh, we've been gone for a while. So obviously that, 
does certain things to listenership and to things like that. So we want to get that back to where it was. And if you want us to keep being able to do the things that we were doing before, we need your support. So go rate and view the podcast on iTunes. Um, that would be helpful. And then also just share the episodes when they come out because that is, again, also helpful. Uh, that being said, I also have a few things to plug on the Enrique front. So Enrique obviously is my brother, and he's been a member of this podcast for quite some time, uh, on and off, obviously. Um, he just started his own podcast that will um, be tangentially related to this. It's not going to be on this feed or anything, um, but he uh, uses my studio, and um, it's related in that sense. So... Um, it is called, what, what's it called? I don't know. I'm losing it. Uh, my Brother's Basement is what he called it. Yes, because that's where my studio is. Um, so check that out. That'll be coming out uh, some point this week, I believe. Um, so be on the lookout for that. And then also uh, go check out Enrique's uh, creative Instagram page. It's Enrique the Creator, I believe, is the Instagram. Uh, he just released uh, a basically a schedule of the things that he is working on and it's really exciting he has worked on a bunch of film sets um over the past couple months because he is in college now and he's trying to get in film school and so how do you uh, make sure that happens you work on a bunch of film sets so that's what he's been doing and he's written a short story that he's going to be um putting to in like he's going to make an audio version of it basically which i'm helping him with um he wrote a script for a short film, I believe, that he is um, coming out with. So, again, that he's going to be shooting in November. So, he's got a bunch of stuff going on, and he just posted a bunch of stuff. He has no idea that I am doing this, and uh, depending on if he listens, he might never know. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, so go check out Enrique's uh, creative. It's, again, Enrique, the creator, go check that out. Um, he is just doing a bunch of cool stuff so he's talking about that that is so sweet carlos you're such a good older brother totally <laughs> all right well let's uh, get into the content of this actual episode of the podcast we're gonna be reviewing a bunch of things so first of all we're gonna start with um what do we want to start with enola holmes that's what we said we're starting with enola holmes uh ozzy what do you think of Enola Holmes? Complete garbage. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I, I really, I really had a good time in this movie. Uh, fun time in this movie. Um, I thought Millie Bobby Brown for just gonna you know right jump it right into it. Yeah. Uh, I think she did a phenomenal job uh, giving the character of Enola Holmes life and really showing like how intelligent she is and how, um, how witty she is, um, you know, compared to Sherlock. Um, so I think it, it was, I thought, it, you know, you really kind of got that, that um, you really got to see like how different she is from not only Sherlock, uh, but from her other uh, older brother. Um, so, I mean, I thought, you know, that was definitely a really great, um, a really great interpretation. Um, and I also love the addition to these characters, you know? Um, I know that they're not new. I know that Enola Holmes was written, you know, 10, you know, 10, 14 years ago. Um, but 
new for me because I've never heard of her before. I've never knew. I like I never I never knew that you know Sherlock was like a middle brother. I, I didn't know either. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was like completely new for me. So I was like, what? Um, so I mean, I really like seeing Sherlock kind of interact with his little sister and his older brother. Um, so I mean, I really liked that we kind of got to see him kind of stand out. Uh, with those two but yeah uh, w- w- you know what were some of your positives um so I, I think this movie is kind of carried by Millie Bobby Brown and her kind of uh, you know I know this is a word we've been using I've been using a lot recently but I, I don't think again it's the best word that applies but her charisma as an actor um I think it's um it's just she has a very you know it's it's a touching performance it's a performance that you just enjoy watching this character, and that's because Millie Bobby Brown is a good actress. Um, and I think that she has repeatedly proved that, and she proves it again in the form of a movie this time here. Um, overall, I think the movie is, like, it's fun. It's fine. Um, I didn't, like, love it or anything. I think that there were um, some structural issues, but overall I did enjoy it. Um, and mostly that's because it's a fun mystery, number one, and Millie Bobby Brown gives a very, um, charismatic performance. So those are my two biggest positives for sure. Um, what'd you think of Henry Cavill? Well, I I really loved his interpretation of, uh, Sherlock, you know, I thought he did a really good job. Um, I mean, I know, I mean, the movie got sued for this. Did it? I did not know this. Um, yeah, the movie got sued apparently because Henry Cavill was um, giving, or they decided to make Sherlock emotional. And I could be, in, you know, guys, correct me if I'm wrong here, but um, I think they, I think the, I think they, um, you know, whoever, um, I think right now they, um, I don't know, I don't know who won the lawsuit, or I don't even know if it's still ongoing, but um, but pretty much, you know, Sherlock's not supposed to have any emotions. So I did not know that was a thing. It, that was a thing, yeah. So, um, I, I but I I thought that this movie did a great job, albeit it's you know it got sued. I don't care. I think that that's dumb. Um, I think that Henry Cavill did a really good job, kind of adding those dimensions to the character in terms of giving him kind of um, some some emotion. You know, I kind of liked him. You know, kind of being like a mentor to to Nola. I thought, you know, so I thought he did a really good job, kind of being in that mentorship role and 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 and, and uh, definitely giving emotion to to Sherlock. Oh, that's fascinating. I'm looking it up right now, and that's fascinating. It's a public domain issue. That's that's interesting. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So they're claiming that he didn't have emotions until later works which don't fall under public domain as of yet. Interesting. Yeah, that, that is fascinating. Uh, I, I'm going to have to read more about that. But, yeah, I, I enjoyed uh, Henry Cavill's performance. Um, I think that it was pretty much exactly what you needed it to be because the, all right, the, the fear is, you know, when you have a movie called Enola Holmes, but you're going to have Sherlock Holmes in it, you are you automatically have a fear of okay it's just going to turn into a Sherlock Holmes movie then you add on top of it that you're like oh Henry Cavill is going to be Sherlock Holmes and you're just like okay this is definitely just a Sherlock Holmes movie that they're disguising as an Enola Holmes movie 
but I think that his performance was like understated enough. And then at the same time, his role in the movie, like what he's given to do is kind of basically in the background the entire time. So I think overall it just really works on that front. Like I got enough of that character and of him that I felt like I wasn't like wanting, I wasn't like left being like, Oh man, there should have been more of him. Um, but and I think he just served his role in the movie very well. Um, so I, I had no complaints on that front. Yeah, I, I definitely wanted more Sherlock Holmes in a Lola in a, in a Lola, but I do understand that this was her film, and I think that they really um, did a great job kind of establishing her as her own character, um, and and really showing that she is very she's a very capable character on her own. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really liked, um, that, that they did that so much, uh, for her. Um, by the way, I think the production is also really well done in this movie. Um, but they did a fantastic job when it came to the production of the movie. The costume design was also really well done. Um, you know, also the cinematography, I don't know if you were kind of surprised. I was actually pleasantly surprised at the cinematography in this movie. That was really great. Um, and 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 yeah, I thought. I mean, overall, I really did enjoy myself in this movie. I thought definitely the standout was again Millie Bobby Brown. I, I got. I'm gonna give it to Henry Cavill. I was pleasantly surprised that he pulled off a good Sherlock Holmes for the few scenes that he was in, because um, you you still saw like how intelligent he was, you know. Because I, I want to say he was in the movie maybe like maybe like what thirty minutes. Yeah, he, he is. He, like I said, he. He fills like a background role essentially. Like he exactly, does what yeah. he needs to do, and he's good at it. And um, yeah, I, I again, I have no complaints about his uh, role in the movie really at all. Um, yeah, I thought I thought everybody in the cast did a well. Mostly, I think I think a lot of people in the cast. Did, um, <laughs> oh, you have some complaints, huh? I I have like. Not a, not about his performance, but I mean, I think yeah. I think mainly uh, like the main cast did a really phenomenal for sure. job. For sure, um, you know, you had Helena um, Bonham Carter. I think she, I think she did a phenomenal job as well, kind mm-hmm. of showing um, being you know, an irresponsible like, mother. Yeah, I like it. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I I want to echo uh, what you said about the um, production of this movie. I th- I think it is really well done. Like it doesn't like I know there might be like a little bit of a stigma with like Netflix movies of just like them just feeling like Netflix movies. And you might be able to say that about this, but at the same time, like I just think this is a really well uh, put together movie in terms of like, like you said, the cinematography, uh, the production design, the costume design, like it's all very well put together and I enjoyed it all on that front. Um, and it also, it just has a very fun energy. Like you talked a little bit about, I, I think you talked a little bit about the editing or maybe you were talking about the cinematography, can't remember, but it's just, it feels the movie felt very energetic and felt like you always had something interesting happening. So I don't think you can come away from this movie and say you were bored on any level. It's just a fun mystery uh, it's relatively well written on that front. I have some complaints about the writing, which I'll get to in a second. But overall, I think the mystery of it is fascinating. I, you know, it, it 
kind of kept you like when you're trying to figure out what's exactly going on um, with her mother and all that while she's trying to track her down. It, it's it's interesting. So it takes some turns that you don't necessarily expect. So I, I enjoyed it. Uh, do you want to get to negatives? Yeah, yeah let's, let's get into it. Uh, I, I jumped into the positive. Uh, what are some of your negatives? You had some issues with the with, this, with some of the screenwriting. Yeah, so I feel like the movie gets like distracted from its plot because <laughs> um, ultimately what this movie is about because theoretically we should lead with that but we always forget um <laughs> enola holmes it lives alone and grows up alone with her mother basically like it's just those two and she teaches her like survival skills like how to fight and how to you know she homeschools her and has her read like all these in- uh, super complex novels and stuff like this, you know, learn about these obscure things. And she, she gets really smart because of it. Um, but she doesn't really learn a lot of social skills cause it's just her and her mom basically. Um, then one day her mother just disappears and kind of leaves her hints as to where she might be. And then it's up to Enola to figure out what's going on with her mother. Well, at the same time trying to deal with her brothers who are, kind of at odds about what should happen with Enola now that she is uh, essentially alone because her mother has left or disappeared. Um, So that's the basic setup of this movie is Enola Holmes trying to find her mother and figure out what happened to her while at the same time dealing with the, her brothers kind of, you know, disagreeing about how she should be handled, basically how she, how, how she should be taken care of. So that's the basic setup of this movie. But then there's this B plot of like this random kid who like he's a lord or whatever and somebody's trying to kill him and they kind of cross him and Enola Holmes kind of cross paths and it's just this whole other side plot that I feel like distracted me from the actual interesting plot that is the mystery of this movie. Now, the other part of it turns into a mystery in and of itself, which was like, I guess, interesting. I guess I was just more interested in the mother storyline and Nola trying to figure all that out. And then when they took us on this random detour, I, I don't know. I just wasn't as interested in it. And at the same time, it just... I don't think they were well woven together is my biggest complaint. It felt like, okay, we have this main storyline. And then it felt like whoever was like pointing the camera (laughs) or like in the car of this, of the story just got distracted and was like, Hey, let's go over here. And then (laughs) we went over here and we, you know, dealt with this situation. And then it's like, Oh, Oh yeah, we got a, we got a story to finish over here. And then we come back onto the main road. And it's just like, I don't know. I just didn't feel like it was very well weaved together or woven together, I guess is the correct verbiage. I don't know. Um, so yeah, that's my biggest problem with the movie. Honestly, is that I don't think that the story, the A and the B storyline are very well structured and very well put together. They're both like, I, you know, I definitely have a preference towards the A plot, but at the same time, I, you know, I, I think they're both relatively interesting. It's just, I just don't think they're put together very well is my biggest problem. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, even if you look at the, I will say that that is something that I, that, you know, I definitely wrote down in my notes here that I, that I do agree with you with is, um, the subplot. I think that the movie, you know, and this is where I kind of dog points because it's 
if you look at the trailer, you know, that's what she's dealing with. That's what she says she's dealing with. She says she's her brothers, um, you know, you, you know, you, you know, trying to kind of figure out what to do with her. Um, she's trying to find out what happened to her mom. And, you know, you are solely invested in that, but then you get taken on that detour, um, which, yeah, I totally agree with you. Sure. It can be like, it was kind of interesting a little bit, but um, I took away from the movie. Um, and I, for me, I wasn't really interested in that subplot. You know, I was really interested in her trying to find her mom. Yeah. And we still didn't know what happened to her. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> Let's not get too spoilery, but it's I'm not, not the most. I'm not to get too spoilery here, but I mean, yeah. but like, it's not like, but I mean, it, it takes away from the movie. It wasn't um, a conclusion that I was came away from it going like, wow, like blown, mind blown. Like, again, I enjoyed some of the twists and turns in the storylines in both of them. You know, I didn't, again, I don't hate the sub the subplot. I didn't hate it. I just didn't think it was as good as the other one. Um. And I don't and it, and, hate it, but I also, yeah. I also, I, I do think that it does take definitely takes away from the main. Plot. It's just distracting, and I, that, you know, yeah, it feels distracting, and I feel like they definitely misled you in the marketing of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like when you look at like what the synopsis is for this movie, and then when you watch the movie and you come out of it, you're just like. Why? Why did this end up being the main yeah. plot of the movie it, for like an hour? Well, and maybe this, you know, and we can get into this, and I don't know what performances you had some issues with or not, but uh, I think if we had a little bit more dynamic or interesting of a performance from our uh, our romantic interest, uh, then maybe we... Uh, are more interested in this side plot, right? <laughs> yeah. Because, like, yeah. He, he, he's fine. Like, I didn't hate his performance, uh, but if I cared more about him, then that subplot doesn't bother me as much because I'm more invested in him as a character. Uh, and maybe that has to do with the writing of the character. Maybe that has to do with his performance. I, I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, what other negatives did you have? Um... I also didn't like Anola breaking the fourth wall, especially as much as she did. Like, mm, yeah, like it was fine. That was an interesting choice I for sure. Feel like she, I feel like they did it too much because mm. there was like there was times where like I was really invested in the story, and then she would do it, and I'd be like, "What? Why are you explaining this to me? I just saw it." <laughs> well, <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? that's the problem with voiceover <laughs> in general. A lot of times, it's just like, and I'm just yeah. like "What are you doing?" <laughs> You know, especially like if it was just like a really interesting scene, like there was like a fight right. scene. And then I think I think she was explaining something. She looked into the fourth wall. I'm just like, you literally just took me out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so yeah, I just it, feel like she kept taking me out of the movie. Yeah. Because I'm just like, <laughs> why? <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. For me, it just didn't work as well for mm-hmm. me. I don't know how you felt about well, it. Well, uh, it was an interesting choice. I, I You know, I don't think... I don't know what it added, you know, like that's the big thing with voiceover in general. A lot of times it's just like, what does this add to the movie? Like, and again, Millie Bobby Brown has a good performance. She gives like a pretty good voiceover performance. So it's not that like, you know, it was just like super boring or uninteresting. 
just felt a little unnecessary. And also, I, I would say, if I was going to say anything about uh, the narration, it would be that it's just inconsistent. Like, it's just like when you expect that it might show up, it kind of doesn't. And then when, like you were talking about, when you, why would it show up? It does. It's just like, it's super inconsistent on when it pops up and when it doesn't. Um, so, yeah, that would be my biggest issue with it. But, yeah, that that's a fair point. That's a fair criticism for sure. I You know, I don't think it's like something that the movie needed, really. Yeah, I thought the movie was pretty self explanatory you know what i mean like we were literally seeing her do a lot of the actions and yet she was explaining them but i was just like i mean i was kind of just like yeah duh like you know like i'm watching you do this like i don't know I like like i don't this isn't a video game where like i need help i need your audio to kind of like guide me in the right direction like i'm seeing you do everything while you're talking it over looking at me you know what i mean so i just i don't know it was really weird to me um definitely took me out of the movie and the last one of my last positives is the villain who ended like the who ended up being like the villain of the movie i don't know it just it just felt super underwhelming Mm. this at least like i don't really care for the villain um and again like it came up randomly Right. Randomly. Well, that, and so, again, that's because it's just like, you're thinking like, isn't this the B plot? <laughs> it's like, why is, why are we like, I don't know. It just felt, yeah, you're right. You're right. It, 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 it definitely came across as random and it felt like, cause I feel like one of the kind of more interesting things about Sherlock Holmes as a character, especially in movies that, you know, we've seen in recent years is that and in tv shows for that matter is they kind they those movies and shows tend to have like a main antagonist who's like almost like a uh, a match for sherlock from an intellectual standpoint and i don't think you necessarily get that in this movie it just feels like you know this is the you know <laughs> it feels like a superhero origin story where it's like and the supervillain is like you know a bank robber or something it's just like what <laughs> it's just like okay sure yeah for sure uh, it and again i think that a, a lot of it has to do with the writing and the way the movie is structured um yeah i so i guess what i'm gathering from both your criticisms and mine combined is that the biggest issue with this movie is the screenplay that seems to be the biggest issue with the movie, right? Definitely the biggest issue, yeah. Because, I mean, that has to do with the villain, the main antagonist. That has to do with, you know, what we were talking about with the A and the B plot not being very well put together. That has to do with, um, you know, the narration. Uh, it's just all of our negatives come down to the way the, the, way the movie is written. Um, so, you know, I, I'm sorry to that man. Uh, what's his name? What's the screenwriter's <laughs> name? Uh, I, I just pulled it up. Um, Jack Thorne. I'm sorry, bro, but do better. Um, Come on, bro. Be better, bro. Doesn't, you know, not to uh, dwell on this for too much longer. This can be the last thing we talk about, and then we can uh, rate the movie and move on. Um, but I, I would love to see a breakdown of how often uh, narration is used in movies based on books rather than like 
anything else. Because <laughs> I feel like it's very common in movies based on books to have narration. Um, not necessarily like breaking of the fourth wall like they do in this movie, but narration in general. Because I feel like a lot of the times writers look at, like, it's based on a book, so they want to kind of take what's in the book and not, like, twist it because they enjoy the book generally if they're writing a movie about the book so they just want to take it word for word and a lot of times the best way to do that is just have your lead character say what they say in their head out loud via narration (laughs) uh so i think that might be the cause of a lot of it um but and and it does often happen with like newer screenwriters as well but i don't think this guy's a newer screenwriter so that's not an excuse for him so i don't know (laughs) Um, it's just an interesting choice for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. You want to rate this movie? Uh, I'm going to give this movie a, a solid seven. Hmm. I think it's good. I think it definitely had potential to be better. Um, I just think it's a good movie. I think it's a pretty good, if we're going to call it like an origin story. I will say it's a pretty solid origin story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to give it a 6.4. I, I thought it was okay. Um, It's very fun. Like, again, I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't think you would watch this movie and go, oh, that was boring. Like, I, I don't think you can really. Uh, you know, it's a fun movie. It's fun performance from Lee Bobby Brown. I think he, most people will kind of just sit back and enjoy this movie. But it certainly has its problems. It's not, you know, it wasn't like this movie that I absolutely adore like I was hoping I would. Um, for sure. All right. Let's move on to the trial of the Chicago seven, another Netflix movie. And, uh, this movie I had heard a fair bit about, uh, going into it. So I kind of had some expectations. The one thing I did not know going into it, cause I really, I didn't even seen a trailer for this. I had, it was mostly just word of mouth how I'd heard about this movie. Uh, but the one thing that I, that surprised me when the movie started was, this is an Aaron Sorkin movie. I did not know that. I was like, oh, this is an Aaron Sorkin movie? That's interesting. Like, I knew the cast was stacked because, you know, you see the poster and all that, and you go, whoa, that's a lot of uh, very good people in this movie. But I did not know it was an Aaron Sorkin movie. Um, and that immediately made me a lot more interested in it as soon as it started. <laughs> um, but I think this movie was great. Um, I just, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, and that's a little surprising considering, um, it's an Aaron Sorkin, uh, directed movie, which, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'm confirming it right now. And yes, I am correct. Uh, the only other movie Aaron Sorkin's directed is a movie. Did we review this? Maybe I just reviewed it, or I can't remember if we both saw it, but do you remember the movie Molly's Game? Did you review that with me or no? I did, yes. That wasn't as great. Yeah, exactly. We were both, I remember, I was definitely being very, I definitely remember being disappointed in that movie. Um, It was Aaron Sorkin's first directorial, that was his directorial debut, um, was Molly's Game. So coming off of that, this is a much more competent uh, effort from him as a director. You know, he's obviously like a world-class writer. He's, you know, if I'm, if I remember correctly, or maybe he's never won an or an Oscar, but I believe he has. Like he is, you know, he's a very, you know, one of the most popular, well-known screenwriters there is. 
uh, as a director, his only outing was disappointing. And this was a major step up. This is how you improve on your second effort, for sure. I was really uh, surprised by how much I enjoyed this movie. Uh, what did you think of it overall? Oh, bro, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, I thought he did a, um, you know, just again, j- getting right into it. Um, I thought the screenplay for this movie was really amazing. I thought Aaron Sorkin did a phenomenal job setting up the tension in that courtroom. You know, like you can feel the frustration in that courtroom. Um, and I haven't, you know, you, when you watch a lot of, you know, when you watch a lot of courtroom dramas, you know, it's kind of hard to feel that. Um, but with this one, you know, and I remember Chris, because Chris was talking to me about it before I'd even seen it. You know, he was talking, he's like, man, I got really mad. And I was like, I was like, dang, like, I've never felt that way watching like a courtroom drama. And I, when I watched this, I was like, I had that anger, you know, with me after I, after I got done seeing the movie. And I was like, damn, that is such, that's such good writing, you know? Like, you feel that you're there watching this trial take place. Um, and credit to the, again, credit to the screenplay and credit to the cast. I think the cast did a phenomenal I mean, This cast job. is, like, pretty stacked. This cast is stacked. <laughs> Uh, I do have a couple shout outs uh, before I get out, you know, before I get into that. Um, yeah, man, I, I loved, I loved the screenplay. I think the screenplay and the, and the directing is probably like the biggest um, compliments I can give to the movie. Yeah, now. look, I mean, Aaron Sorkin, like we, like I've mentioned, like, you know, he is one of the more prolific uh, screenwriters working today. So you expect a good screenplay, right? Uh, but what I did not expect was what you were talking about with the tension. And I think a lot of that comes with the direction and the way the movie is put together. Uh, some of the pretty bold choices that were made in this movie, um, with casting, first of all, like, you know, you cast Sasha Baron Cohen in like one of the main roles. That's a pretty bold choice. You, you cast, uh, um, Oh, what's his name? Is it Mark Strong? Is that his name? I can't remember. The guy from, I believe he's from uh, Succession, which is a great show on HBO, by the way, if you haven't seen him, um, in a role that I would not expect from him. And then you, <laughs> and, and then some of the music choices in this movie, like this movie is so, so high energy. And so like, um, and you know, I'm just going to get into positives, but I, this movie is the best way, as I was watching the movie, how I thought, like, the word that came to mind, I guess it's two words, is punk rock. This movie is just, like, punk rock. <laughs> That's what this movie is, right? It's got this soundtrack where you're just like, why Why am I getting, like, pumped up and excited about this court case? And at the same time, it's, like, super uh, dour and depressing and anti-establishment, and it's just, like... This is just a weird, like, you get weird emotions watching this movie of just, like, you know, I am mad about what's happening, and I'm also, like, super fired up and want want to do something about it. And I think that's exactly the emotion that you're trying to draw in a movie like this, but it's hard to do, like you were talking about, in a courtroom drama setting. Uh, You know, that's... It's pretty hard to get that sort of, like, yeah, I want to change the world emotion out of... Uh, a courtroom drama, but somehow Aaron Sorkin is able to do it between his writing and then also some of the bold choices that they made in this movie. 
Um, I, you know, I came out of this movie pretty fired up. And at the same time, it's one of those things where I feel like there was a little bit, um, a little bit of a situation with, you remember the, I, we bring this up all the time, or at least we used to, because, you know, this is, we're basically starting a new podcast right now with, uh, you know, the, uh, our long break, but we used to bring this up all the time of the I, Tanya, which is a great movie, by the way, one of our favorites from that year, at least one of my favorites mm-hmm. from that year. Um, mm-hmm. We bring up um, the performance of the bodyguard, the quote-unquote bodyguard in that movie, where we both came out of that movie going like, what what in hell was that performance? Like, that was a terrible performance. And then as you're walking out the theater, they show actual footage of interviews of this guy, and you're just like, oh, my gosh. He nailed it. Like, this guy is actually that weird and crazy. Like, this, this that was a brilliant performance. There is a little bit of that with this judge for me. Because I'm sitting there going, like, there is no way this judge is this much of a dick. <laughs> there is no way that this judge is this terrible. And then you look it up and you start reading about this case and it's just like, no, this, duck was, this judge was actually this terrible. <laughs> And I'm just like, man, this is, it, it, I don't know. Like, I just, I was fired up watching this movie. I really enjoyed it. Um, and, again, that goes to the writing. That goes to the, a lot of the performances. Uh, you know, I, I could go on and on. Um, what were some of your favorite performances? I know you want to talk about the performances. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Eddie Redmayne killed mm, it. Yes, yes. Job. Um, this is probably my favorite Mark Rylance performance. Right. I thought he did such a damn good job with this movie. And I hope he gets a nomination. I thought he did a phenomenal job. Um, You know, you definitely saw him kind of um, trying to, you know, trying to keep it in, you know, trying to, you know, conceal his emotions, but you can definitely see him kind of let loose. He's just that frustrated. I love it. Um, Sasha Baron Cohen. I thought, damn, again, you know, especially after seeing Borat, um, I thought he again pulled it in this movie, pulled a great performance in this movie. Um, I thought he gives gives a better performance in this movie than he did in Borat, too. Um, probably one of my one of my one of my more favorite performances of him. And uh, again, so sorry if I butcher your name. Uh, Jeremy Strong was yeah. who I was looking for before, not Mark Strong. That was who I was talking about before. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. Uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen, too. I, I, I loved him. Um, I loved him. Um, he did a phenomenal job. Um, he's somebody that I wish, um, you know, which, again, it's kind of in my negatives, too. But I wish we would have seen more of him. Um, I feel like we didn't get enough of him. Mm. Um, but I mean, again, I guess it's just you know history. I can't really get mad at the history. Um, well, I can, but I can't get mad at a movie trying to depict history in terms of you know like if that character's not there anymore, he's just not there anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, those were like some of my standout performances. I thought Frank Langella uh, did a phenomenal job as a judge. Definitely pissed me off so much. Um, you know, so I was just sitting there just. Definitely frustrated. Um, what, were you, what were some of your uh, standout performances? Um, I already talked about Jeremy Strong. Uh, again, I 
this happens to me a lot where I see a character, you know, especially on a TV show and I go like he just becomes that person in my mind. And then when I see them in a movie being completely different, I'm just like, whoa, that's an incredible performance. And that definitely is the case with Jeremy Strong for me because I'm so used to him as Kendall in Succession, which again, cannot recommend Succession highly enough. Watch Succession. It's incredible. Um and I see him in this movie. I'm just like, what, what on earth? <laughs> like, it was just so jarring. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I feel like I kind of wanted more from him in terms of, like, I, I don't know. It, it's weird because, like, you kind what's impressive about him in this movie is that you can see it boiling beneath the surface. Like, all of jo Joseph Gordon-Levitt's performance is not – you know, via, like, outbursts and via, uh, you know, these big speeches or anything like that. It's all with, like, his eyes, and you, and you can tell just what's going on in his mind as some of the insanity is happening in this courtroom, and he's looking at it going, like, this is not right, but he doesn't verbalize it. And, like, it, I almost wish that we ended up getting those outbursts and we get like, you know, very subdued ones towards the end of the movie of just like him standing in solidarity with them at the end. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it is a very overall impressive performance from him because again, he's maintaining his composure as, you know, the prosecutor, but at the same time, he completely recognizes like the insanity of the situation and it's all playing out on just Gordon Levitt's face. I think it's a very good performance from him. Um, yeah, I'll agree. Yeah, um, and then uh, yeah, I, I, all of the performances really like I I don't really have a major complaint about any of these performances uh, unless I'm forgetting something, um, but yeah, it's just it's a very impressive impressive ensemble for sure. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen is definitely the most surprising just because I feel like it especially doesn't help that I just watched him in Borat too. And I'm just like, this is what is Sasha Baron Cohen? Like, um, man, he can actually like, you know, give out a very good dramatic performance when he wants to. Uh, it definitely was a little uh, jarring as well on that front. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just mostly impressed by the writing and some of the, you know, directing and editorial choices that they made. I was just like, man, it's just, I don't know. Like, I don't know about you, but like, again, it's just like, I came out of this movie, like with a feeling that I haven't had in a movie maybe ever. Like, it was just like, I'm like sitting here watching this movie and going like, this is completely unfair. Cause if I feel like, especially in movies about, you know, Vietnam war era or civil rights and stuff like that, you come out of the movie, like either very kind of depressed and like oh man the world sucks the world you know america has always been racist all you know you you come out with these like super dark thoughts or you come out like super pumped that you want to like change the world and this movie somehow does both at the same time <laughs> like it's like i i just i i'm very impressed by the tone that this movie is able to strike and maintain that tone throughout the movie it, it it was very impressive i um enjoyed this movie for sure like i think this reminds me of only the brave mm. um in terms of the emotion that you leave when you're done that, that the movie gives you when you're done watching mm. it um it leaves you and i haven't felt this way since 2017 um 
you just leave feeling impacted by by you watching this. You know what I mean? When you watch Only the Brave, and, and I, I know you loved it, I loved it. You know what I mean? Well, we yeah. kind of felt those men being a family. Um, you know, I'm not going to spoil anything, but when the end happens, you you know, there's also tragedy, and you feel sad. You feel like you knew those men when you're done watching the movie. You just feel it. Um, and for this movie, you feel anger, and you feel like you want to do something. You feel like you just want to go out and protest because of the raw emotion that the film gives you. And when a film like that, you know, when a film can do that for you, I feel like it is, um, I think I think it just does, when a film like that does that, it, it accomplishes um, wonders. And, and, and I love this movie because of it. It, it just did a phenomenal job um, getting me hyped, getting me to that point, getting me to say, this isn't right. Like I want to do something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, especially with, you know, especially this movie, this, this movie coming out when it, when it did, um, yeah, man, it, 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 you know, really makes you want to just get out there and do something. So, I mean, I give props to, to Aaron Sorkin. And again, I think he is the overall star of this movie because yeah. I mean, you definitely see the, he wrote this movie phenomenally and he directed it phenomenally um building up that tension like you and i have already stated um and it's just incredible growth as well because again we're both like we're both very critical of molly's game right like you know it's okay and it struggles with if you know we were talking about narration in the last review and molly's game has a narration problem and you can tell that he did not trust his directorial skills in that movie so he relied on the narration um and he he wanted to put more of the movie in the hands of his writing and instead of you know the trusting the performances trusting his directing he wanted to put it more in the hands of his writing because that's what he trusts that's what he know worked he knows can work whereas in this movie i feel like this felt this felt much more like a director who is confident in his craft knows that he is making bold choices but it, that he's making the right choices for this movie it just is a much more confident directorial effort and it's incredible growth from one movie to the next and obviously it's three years oh, yeah. later but yeah it's i'm just very impressed how we went from molly's game to this which you know obviously this is a very unique year in movies but I feel very confident in saying, like, no matter what the movie situation was in 2020, whether it was a normal year or whether it was this year, I would have come out of this movie going, this is legitimately one of the best movies of the year. Yeah, same. I think this is, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, just to see that growth in the span of three years, you know, him studying the craft, him kind of um, looking at Molly's game, seeing those mistakes, and him taking a different approach in this, um, you definitely see the growth. You definitely see the, the differences. Um, you definitely see the notes that he gave upon himself and how he approved upon those notes. Um, so my tip my hat off to him. He did a phenomenal job. Uh, definitely agree with you on the growth in terms of, of, a, of a director um I, I you know if he this is definitely a really well put together movie definitely agree with you in terms of like one of the best if not the best of the year um 
and I'm excited to see his career still, you know, as a director. I, you know, I hope if he puts, you know, if he keeps putting, you know, um, home runs like this, I mean, he may be, you know, he may be up there with, with some with some other great directors. So, I mean, I hope he, I can't wait to see what he does next. I am pleasantly excited to see what he does next. Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, obviously, if Aaron Sorkin writes something, you know, for the most part, it's going to be good, right? You know, and people, you know, will make fun of, like, I'm not make fun of his dialogue, but it, it definitely, like, you when you, you listen to Aaron Sorkin dialogue a lot of time, you can tell it's Aaron Sorkin dialogue. Um, but that's not a bad thing. But then now he's adding this layer of, you know, uh, of, you know, a very good director, apparently. <laughs> and, you know, it's just, it's impressive. It's impressive for sure. And, again, not to, you know... We're crafting on Molly's game a lot, and I wasn't necessarily intending to do that, uh, you know. And he got nominated again for that movie for his screenplay, uh, but that's all I got nominated for because it's not that good of a movie. It's not. It's just not. I'm sorry. Um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I I just it's this this was definitely an impressive outing from Aaron Sorkin. Uh, do we didn't really talk about negatives. So, um. um uh, do you have anything like what do you what do you want to talk talk? Uh, touch no, on I mean I kind of already mentioned it. I just wish I would have seen more of the um, more of um, uh, Yahya Abdul more again. Mm-hmm. I mean it's history, so I mean I can't really be mad at it. Um, you know I can't be mad at Aaron Sorkin for not giving him more um, screen time for it. But um, one of the things that I will say, uh, I don't know how you felt about it. Um, it's just a small thing. I just wish that you know that when it came to because one of the things that that are building up in this movie is like the riot. Um, I wish that we would have gotten like that we would that we just would have seen what he shot in terms of the riot. Because what he did was that he implemented some shots of real footage and then some shots of what they actually shot, you know? Mm. Um, So, and I think that it kind of took away from that buildup because, you know, I want to see these characters that I'm looking at, you know, these performers go through that, you know? Um, So I think it kind of took away a little bit what I would have preferred is if he would have shot, you know, you know, when they were explaining the riot, we would have seen that sequence, of what he had shot, and then towards the end credits, uh, we would have seen the actual footage of the riot. You know, mm-hmm. um, I just think that would have been a better choice. It's just mm-hmm. my opinion, though. Um, but yeah, I think it's overall just a small thing. Just a small thing. I think that's fair. I, you know, it didn't bother me as much. I think that it was an okay balance. Um, it's interesting uh, with some, again, the, for me, this is all nitpicky stuff. Like, you know, I, I, I've made it very clear that I adored this movie. So anything I say is not that big of a deal and even might have on some level worked. It's just worth the discussion. Um and for me, it starts with kind of the way things are revealed and um, the way things are kind of laid out from a timeline-wise. It's a little, it's odd, but I think overall it 
works pretty much. There was just a few times where it was just a little jarring of like, okay, when is this going on? Like the movie starts with a lot of the planning of the protests and stuff like that. And then it basically jumps to them being on trial. Um, and that was for sure a little jarring, but it's relatively easy to put together what's going on. Um, and on some level, it shows a level of maturity from him again as a director and especially as a writer and as an editor of just like trusting your audience to figure out what's going on. If you think this is the best way to put together your movie and you, and it's, but it's a little abnormal, but at the same time, it's possible to understand. It's not completely like weird, then you know, go for it. If this was the best way to put the movie together, that's fine. Um, it just, it definitely was a little jarring, but it's not, you know, it's not that complicated. Like, I think anybody watching this movie can figure out what's going on. Um, also, the framing device that one of the framing devices they use uh, in this movie is uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's character kind of doing a little bit of stand-up type thing where he's kind of telling the story of what's going on. Um, and... I think that at times it really works because you're getting his side of the story, you're getting somebody else's side of the story, you're getting the prosecution side of the story, and they're all happening at once as they're telling the events of what's going on. And in those sequences, it really works. But there's definitely times where you're just like, this feels very random. <laughs> and it's just like, I, I don't know. It was, and on some level, I guess you can kind of say, well, that's kind of narration. So maybe he's not that much mature as a, uh, as a director. Uh, but, I, you know, I think overall on balance, it works in the, in the structure of the movie. Um, and it doesn't, it's not like classic narration. Like, you know, again, like it is in Molly's game where she's just straight up narrating. Um, but... I don't know. It was just a it was a strange kind of framing device, but at the same time, there when it works, it really works. So I would say it's worth it. <laughs> um, I don't know about you, but I would say it's worth it. I mean, those are all like fair points. I mean, I definitely like those are you know. I also thought about bringing them, but I was like, I mean, they're just so nitpicky. Yeah, they're it so is. It is, yeah. <laughs> and and it kind of like again, like I said, at times it like really works. So even though it does feel random it's just like you know if it if it creates that effect it's just kind of worth it right like you know i i don't know it's worth the little like awkward moments or the you know jarring nature of it for like the outcome that we get of like the sequence where they're explaining what's going on in um at, at the riots and like different perspectives are being told at the same time while we're watching it unfold that was a really cool moment. Yeah. Yeah, I will agree with it. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's write this movie, uh, and then we can move on to The Mandalorian. Um, I will, I mean, you know, based on our review, I think it's going to be pretty obvious where we're going to go with this. I'm giving this movie, um, I'm giving this movie like a nine point. I don't know, 9.2? It probably will be higher as I go along. Uh, maybe it'll say the same. I'm going to, I think 9.2 is pretty safe. I'm going 9.2. Uh, maybe if I rewatch it, it'll change. But yeah, I'm sticking to 9.2 right now. Yeah, I'm definitely sticking to 9.2 too, dude. I agree. Hey. 
All right. <laughs> Definitely a 9.2 for me. Definitely one of the best, if not the best movie of the year. Yeah, for sure. It, it's definitely like, and there, I, like I said on the last like Monday episode that we recorded, uh, I've missed a fair amount of movies this year, but of the ones I've seen, this is definitely up there. Ooh, see, now I'm thinking about all the movies I have seen this year. Uh, Palm Springs is probably still my favorite of the year. Uh, Palm Springs is so good. Uh, Palm Springs is really good. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> thank you for showing me that movie. I love that movie. Yeah, that movie's freaking uh, great. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, but th- this is definitely up there, and the very different movies. By the way, <laughs> if you listen to this very review, different. if you listen to this review and go, "Oh, they also recommended Palm Springs. Let me watch that," <laughs> and you're expecting something <laughs> like this, uh, don't. No, this movie, Palm Springs, is like a very different movie. Um, Completely different. So do not think that that is like in the same genre or on on any level. Um, but anyway, all right, let's move on to mandalorian uh chapter season two um episode two i guess it's just chapter 10 um is what they're going with on the naming of these episodes um ozzy the the, oh spoilers by the way spoilers we're gonna get into the mandalorian spoilers so if you haven't watched it thank you guys for joining us and uh go watch the episode and then come back all right. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, the, uh, this episode to me is like a great example of why the show's so good. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, yeah, I love this episode. Yeah, it's just like it feel again. We say it every every time, but it feels like so much like a western storyline of just like. All right, so the you know he's got his main mission. He's trying to figure something out, or he's trying to find somebody, and now he has these people who say they can give him the information if they if he helps them uh, get from point A to point B. It's just a simple story, and it's just so cool the way they execute. <laughs> right? It's just like you know these x-wing fighters come come up beside them and they can't travel in hyperspace because of you know the what of what they're transporting they're transporting these eggs and stuff like that it's just super fascinating and super like just really fun the way they kind of lay this out like these x-wing fighters are trying to identify them and he tries to get out of it and then he can't and they you know it, it just snowballs into like this chase scene and then he escapes but you know now his ship is dan- it's just like it feels like if you explain this episode, you you would think, oh, well, you know, nothing happens in terms of the main storyline, right? Like it's, you know, they go, they, he finds someone who helps, who is going to help him. He goes off on this mission. He gets kind of sidetracked. And then at the end of the episode, he's back on track towards his mission. But you're growing these character or this main character. And also it's just purely entertaining like it's just an entertaining episode of tv oh yeah i love this episode uh probably one of my favorites honestly um and definitely probably arguably one of the best shot episodes um the sequence that you have when he's flying into the into the planet you know, when they're chasing him, like where they're kind of flying through the clouds. And I've said this about the show. I said, I said it last time. You forget that this is a show. 
because <laughs> of the production. <laughs> like, I was like, this is an effing show. <laughs> yeah, this one in particular, yeah, like, it's like... super, uh, it, it feels like a movie. Like, I mean, this one has a lot of CG in it, like, a lot. Yeah, like, you, like it is crazy. Um, and I thought that I was watching, like, a Predator movie or something like that, like, because... One of the things that happens is that, like, these spider aliens hatch, and it happens because of freaking Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda is a little fatty in this one, bro. Like, he just wants to eat. He's just hungry. Yo, he's freaking eating eating kids. Like, wasn't that super dark? eating. That was dark. He was eating eggs. To be fair, they're eggs. But, like, bro, like, they're babies in the hatch, bro. Like, relax. And he's just just like, eh. You know what I mean? I was like, what the heck? Um, so he was eating them, and then, like, when the Mandalorian is just like, Mando was just like, Bro, no, stop. You've had enough, you're not even supposed to be eating this enough. Um, because I think he had like three of them. <laughs> so, which, by the way, I thought it was going to be a major issue. I thought that was going to be like a major yeah, I thought so. Sure. Like, I mean? they don't dwell on it at all. Like, <laughs> I feel like it should have been like a big deal. Like, I was expecting to be like, or her to be like, hey, uh, where, what's happening to my, to my ex? Like, I thought she was going to try to kill him yeah. or like kill the baby. You know what I mean? I was like, oh man, this is going to be bad. Um, like I thought that like, you know, like when he had woken up that like he was going to, that all the babies were gonna, <laughs> all going to be gone. You know what I mean? I was going to be like, oh damn, like this is going to be crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I love that aspect that like when he ate that like unborn oh, spider oh. which was disgusting by the way but like when he ate it and then you kind of saw all of them hatch and baby Yoda's just coming up with his mouth all like you know messed you know kind of like messy obviously you just got the you know little spider uh, but then they all start to hatch and you just see the mandalorian just like kind of back up grab right. the eggs you know what i mean you see the mom just, just like put on her clothes and they're all just like they're like, oh, crap. <laughs> I loved it. That was my favorite scene in the movie where they're all, like, where they're just, like, backing up next to each other. And they're just like, damn, like, this is, like, yeah, we got we to gotta haul ass here. Like, that, yeah. was, that was crazy. I love that. I love that buildup. I love the score. Um, again, you said it, heavily CG episode. And they did a phenomenal job. Again, this is probably one of my favorite episodes in the entire show. Um, but yeah, like, what do you think about the whole entire sequence? Uh, what? Wait, which sequence? <laughs> like, where, like, you know, where the spiders are, like, you know, hatching and stuff like that. You oh, know, yeah. When that big one comes up, like, what do you think about it? I mean, that's like the big act. Well, there's a lot of action set. Pe- I mean, yeah, it's like because there's a chase scene, and then like this is like the big like you know scene you know towards the end of the episode of like. You know these creatures chasing them, and then they get saved. Kind of, at the, it's just it's really cool. Uh, I was most like the to me the most impressive se- sequence was the chase scene with the X wings, though. Like just to go from space to this this ice planet, and this whole chase sequence, and it's just I, I just thought it was really well done. Um, <laughs> I just really enjoyed it. I feel like it's. Is there some connection with like a video game or a book or something? I don't, I don't know. If we need to get Jesse on for one of these reviews for so he can explain things to us. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> but yeah, I just I don't know. I super enjoyed this episode, and um, even even though I was very highly disturbed by uh the child eating okay. <laughs> eating those eggs, like that was very disturbing. I I don't know why, but it like su- it very much bothered me. I was just like, oh gosh, this is not gonna this is gonna be a problem. Um, but. Even even though that bothered me, like it was just such a good episode. Um, and we're in, we don't even fully get the storyline resolved, so I'm we're gonna can pick up basically where we left off. I would imagine, um, moving forward. So that's just very exciting, and I I can't wait. Yeah, it's definitely a short shorter episode, um, but definitely a really great episode i also thought that opening sequence in the beginning was really great um where they blow up his you know air motorcycle that's what i'm gonna call it um um, and he's having to like fight all we we, we almost forgot about that sequence and it's just like again there's a lot of cool stuff in this episode yeah, bro, he took on, like, what, four people by himself? And then yeah. he's like, look, take my job. And I wasn't even thinking. Like, you know what I mean? That's Then that's, like, I love the cleverness that he had. It's one of my favorite aspects about Mandalorian. He's very clever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's fully, I totally, I totally forgot that he controls his, you know, because it's an intense sequence, you know, and they're threatening yeah. to kill the baby. And he's just like, look, take it. You know, like, I'll take whatever you want. Just, you know, don't hurt the kid. You hurt him, I'll find you. You know what I mean? And it was, like, a very intense sequence. And then he gives him the jetpack. And then he's like, all right, you're not taking that from me. You actually, <laughs> you know, yeah. he just flies it all up. And then, you know, he locks him out. But I love it. I love it. Um, he's, he's just he, You just see how clever he is. Uh, and I love that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um. All right. Well... It was a good episode. I think we we're both super satisfied with it. So um, I'm excited to keep moving forward. I think this is a good tradition for us on these uh, Monday episodes for like what probably around eight uh, eight weeks. We'll get to talk about Mandalorian. This will be this will be good for us. Um, just to end on a positive, no matter what movies we're reviewing. <laughs> you know. Uh yeah, I yeah definitely definitely. Uh, I think overall it was a good. Good couple things that we watched. Definitely a fantastic episode of Mandalorian. Chicago the trial set. The trial of the Chicago Seven was a fantastic movie. Uh, and then Enola Holmes definitely a fun time. Um, yeah, even even watch. like the thing that we liked the least today was just a, it was a fun movie. Like you know, like I didn't dislike my time watching it. So you know, it wasn't a terrible time. It wasn't like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's definitely good. Good stuff to watch. <laughs> positive episode of the screen. Plus podcast. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, do you have any, I mean, we're very inconsistent on if we do this or not. Uh, at some point we should decide if this is something we're going to keep doing. Uh, I think it's a good idea. It's something that we've kind of always done. Do you want to do recommendations? I'm gonna push a game okay. today because I'm I'm looking at it right now. Um, but uh, for those of you guys who don't know, Rocket League is free. Um, it's pretty much like um, it's like an online. Uh, it's it's free on the PS4 calls, and they have a PS4 in case you want to 
uh, join in. Um, but it's like it's like a soccer game, you know, and you play and, and you play with, play online with your friends, um, and it's you know you're pretty much uh, in a car, so it's like you know it's a three v you know you can do a two v you know one v one, two v two, three v three, four v four. Um, and it's a really fun game, really fun game. Is their battle passes out, ten bucks standard for a battle pass. Um, and yeah, it's a really fun game. Definitely something you can play with your friends. Um, very competitive. My girlfriend played it. Uh, I introduced her to it. She played it, and she was very uh, into it. So yeah, definitely Rocket League. If, if you guys want to, you know, check out like a fun game to play. Super, super easy to download too. Um, doesn't take up a lot of space on your on your console. I think it's available for PC. Xbox and PlayStation 4. Uh, so definitely check it out if you guys uh, haven't already checked it out. All right. Um, my recommendation is going to be a movie that I believe is still on Netflix. I believe, hopefully. Um, it is a movie that I watched for the first time uh, probably about a month or so ago. Um, and it is Francis Ha. I don't know if you've ever heard of this movie. It's I believe it's Greta Gerwig's first uh, directorial effort and um obviously you know i'm a huge fan of ladybird um i don't know if you ever saw um the new greta gerwig's uh, little women from last year uh but i really enjoyed that and i just wanted to go see more greta gerwig uh movies so i went and i watched um francis ha and boy did i enjoy it. oh it's a noah ba- bombback movie excuse me he he directed it but it, greta gerwig starred in it and obviously they're uh, in a relationship. So, I mean, I'm sure she was heavily involved in the process of making this movie. Anyway, but anyway, uh, Francis Ha was incredible. I really enjoyed it. It felt, you know, at, you know, as Noah Baumbach tends to do uh, with his movies, it felt so real. It felt like this is a person that I knew. And uh, Greta Gerwig gives an incredible performance. Uh, I, I just super enjoyed the movie and I highly recommend it. If you're looking for um, a movie with a kind of indie feel, um, if you're kind of missing out on that because you can't go see them in the theaters right now. Um, uh, Yeah, Francis Ha is a great, great uh, movie to check out. I highly enjoyed it. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Um, Ozzy, you want to sign us out? Guys, we hope you enjoyed the show. Please feel feel free to listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Um, you know, re- uh, review and rate the podcast and the podcast guys definitely help us out there. Uh, show us some love and show us some support. We're going to be keeping the podcast open. We got some exciting stuff, uh, coming up in a couple weeks and months. So definitely, uh, definitely keep listening to us guys. Uh, again, thank you so much. This is great.